Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, good to see you, church. Uh, God bless you. Thanks for being here. Um, so we're in a series uh, talking about confident living, uh, how to live confidently in this life or this world today. And uh, as children of God, that is going to be required of us to live confidently. Uh, last week, we talked about the power for confident living, okay? Uh, and we, we pretty much, um, in a nutshell, know that confident living and the power of confident living, the power source there is the Holy Spirit, no doubt. So today, we're going to look at faith for confident living, because if you're going to live confidently today, it's going to require faith. It's just going to require faith. And if you, uh, if you exercise it, you're going to see God. And if you sit on it, you're not going to see him. Uh, faith has to be moved, and it must move you. So I want you to go to your word, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. I want to look at verses 1 through 3, and, and, and in this I'm, I'm kind of two translations today. This one, just NIV, just for, for the sake of understanding simple. Uh, after this, it's pretty much all New King James, so just stay with me if you're into the, which text you're using. But this is NIV that I will read to you. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. The question on the floor this morning is, what is faith? What is it? So it will be answered right here. Now, faith is being sure, verse 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed in God's, at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Mm, you got to get your peanut around that. So if we're going to have faith, I've always explained to the church that faith is stepping where there's not a step. So if I step right here to this step right here, that's not faith. Neither is this step. That's not faith. Okay? And the reason it's not faith is simple. I can see it. It's not faith if I can see it. Now, here's faith. If there are no steps, and God says, Jeff, I need you to exercise faith and step. My conversation to God is simply this. God, I'm sorry. I love you, but there, I, I don't see a step. I'm not asking you to see. I'm asking you to step. The minute that you step in obedience, I will produce out of invisible the products and material that it takes 
to make a step. And before your foot lands, there'll be a step. That's faith. See, I don't know what I'm stepping into. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what you're totally asking. I just know you're asking me to step. So he takes what is absolutely not even seen the man and takes that and produces something out of the invisible and makes it visible. How many times has he asked you to step and you said, um, I would, but I don't see it. I don't see it's not, a, not an answer. He's not asking you, do you see where I want you to step? He's asking you to step. Well, we all want to step where we can see something. Why? Because we're conditioned that way. When our parents said, jump to us in a swimming pool, I'm not jumping if I can't see my dad. If my dad is not in the pool, I'm not really frisky enough to jump. Some might jump. The faith that God requires from me is to jump without me seeing him, knowing that my father will not let me fall. See, my father's not going to drop me. He's never going to ask me to jump and not catch me. Faith that God is pleased with is jumping into the invisible, and he takes what's not seen and makes it seen. Why? <laughs> Pretty simple. If I step where I already see a step, I brag on me. If I step where there is no step and the maker makes a step, then I brag on him. That separates it. See, too many of us, we're not stepping unless we can get acknowledgement. He says, you died in self. When you got saved, you don't eat, you're not even here. The life you live now, you live by faith in the Son of God. So I'm asking you to step. That way you don't beat your chest and get your glory. You don't beat your chest at all. You throw your hands up and give me glory. Because what you stepped out into didn't even exist until I made it. And I'm the one that caught you. You see, faith is simply this. Faith is believing God and trusting God. A lot of people believe God, but they don't ever step to prove they trust God unless they can already see it. See, faith really is not seeing it, but stepping, and then it appears. What are you stepping into today that's not visible, but you know God's asking you to step? Do you trust him enough to take from the invisible and make visible? Hebrews eleven six. we know that text pretty good. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But the one who comes must believe that he is. And that's a capital H. You see, for me to step, I must believe that he is. So it's not enough for me to believe God, but I must believe that he is who he says he is. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's not subject by time, held by time, held by circumstances, held by seasons, held by conditions, held by 105 degree high. He doesn't, that's not, he doesn't hold him. He isn't held by any of that. I am held by that. He is who he is. And that's where my faith lands. Not in anything I can do. So if we're going to live confidently today in a world that's not our home, 
that we're passing through, we're going to have to live by faith. And that's the biblical faith, okay, that God's talking about. So I want to give you some quick things. How to have faith for confident living. If you want to say how to have faith for bold living, that'll work as well, okay? Number one, faith is stretching my imagination. You ever remember being a kid, have imagination? Your parents always trying to talk you off the cliff of imagination? I'm like, put on Batman cape and get on top of my house and go, Batman can fly, Dad. Son, you ain't Batman and you need to get down, all right? Listen to me. God does not squash, does not, God does not want to squash your imagination of what God can do through you. You got a big old God. Don't, don't, don't have the imagination and the dreams of a little bitty God. What, is, what, what do you want God to do in your life? Seriously. What, what do you want God to do in your life? You see, in, in, in Exodus 33, there's an encounter of Moses and God. Pretty simple encounter. Moses just simply says this. I, I don't want to go up from here with these people unless your presence goes with me. I don't. Because what I want more than anything is for your glory. So whether you're a doctor, a nurse, an accountant, a plumber, electrician, coach, teacher, principal, superintendent, what do you want God to do in your life? Imagine it. Say, God, don't send me up from here. Don't put me out there every day unless your presence goes with me. So that when they walk into my room, the presence of you flowing through me changes the environment, changes the atmosphere so that your glory will fall every time. Is that how you go to work? God, today, don't send me to my workplace without your presence because I want you to do imaginably more than I could ever think or imagine through me. So not that I can stand on a hill and beat my chest, but your glory can fall and we see you. What, is, what do you want God to do in your life? How do you want God to use you? Are you praying small prayers to a big God or big prayers to a big God? Some of us, if God answered our prayers, we wouldn't even know it. But what are you praying that only God can do? And when he saw it, it'd take your breath away. Faith is stretching your imagination. Faith is taking the initiative. If you're going to live a, a confident life and be bold, guess what? Your faith is going to be called to action. It will. How many times have you been in a place where you need to pray for somebody, need to speak to somebody, need to have a word for somebody? Say, man, I got a word for this person, but I'm too scared to say it because they're going to think I'm a freak. No, they're not. They're going to be waiting on it because the invitation of the Lord is for you to give it to them, and they need it more than you ever thought. Well, I can't tell. You're not supposed to tell because I'm going to take what's not seen and I'm going to make it seen. You, you're not going to see it, but they need to hear a word from you, and what I'm speaking to you for them, you need to give to them. You need to pray for this person. I don't know this person. Well, you need to pray for this person. Well, I don't want to walk up to somebody in a store and pray for them. They may shoot me with mace or something. Or they may pepper spray me. 
Well, that's okay. It eventually wears off, okay? All right? But some of us are scared because society has got us scared that we don't step out anymore in boldness and faith and take the initiative. There's a lost and dying world out there waiting to know that Jesus loves them. And the only way they're going to know Jesus loves them is if you don't love through them. You got to love them. They're sitting there, set up a tee. You got a golf ball sitting on a tee and you got a driver and you're not even swinging it. How many golf balls has God got to set up on a tee for you? They're all around you. Open your eyes and see it. Take the initiative. You say, well, I don't even know what to pray when I get there. I never know what to pray when I start praying. That's the beauty of it. Because the word of God says, Jeff, guess what? I don't want you to pray. I'm going to pray through you. Open your mouth and I'll say it. Okay, good. Because I get through and done praying, I'm going, dude, that's a good prayer. Somebody ought to give me a high five. That's a good prayer. And God's like, mm-mm. That's not you praying. That's me praying. So you can put your hand down. I'll give you a high five when I need to, okay? But right now, you don't need a high five because you, you are human and you're going to get cocky and arrogant and prideful if you get high fives for praying. I'm not praying. I'm praying through you, Jeff. You're not praying. So listen to me. If God leads you and shows you, take the initiative. Step out and do it. And you'll be blessed, man. And I'm going to tell you something. That individual or individuals will be blessed. They're waiting on you. Faith is taking a risk. Faith is risk. Faith is risking failure. You got to take the risk. Many of us don't move because we're scared to move. Second Corinthians 5:7 says, we walk or we live by faith not by sight. It's not there, and you got to step. If it's already there, and then you step, it's not faith. It's just not. Take the risk that you might fail. You're going, listen, can you say, Jeff, every time that you've went up to someone and said, God told me to pray for you, did that go over well? <laughs> Ooh, no. It didn't go over well at all. I've been told one time in an apartment store, when I asked somebody if I could pray for them, they said, the last thing I want you to do is pray for me. Now, I don't know exactly why I said this, but I said, well, this is not going to be the last thing that I do nor you receive, but I am going to pray for you, but I'm going to pray while I walk away. And you can't stop that. Now, at that moment, I really thought I might not see my kids graduate. <laughs> you don't know anymore, but I just kept walking, never looked back, and kept praying. Sometimes it's more receptive. I told you about the little lady I helped at Walmart get a six-pack of beer off the top rack. <laughs> True story. Amen. So I get, I get, I get some long necks down for her. She's about 82. I'm serious, because I saw her and I thought, man, if all them bottles fall, I was going to kill a woman. So what's the pastor to do? You got to help the woman. So I get the beer down for her, put it in her basket, and I start to walk off. She said, uh, Sonny, Sonny, you know you're 82 when you call someone Sonny. I said, ma'am, she goes, can you get me another one? I'm like, you go, girl. <laughs> I'm like, I'll get you another one, all right? I'll get you another one. 
And then I said, I didn't tell you this story. I said, ma'am, you're quite a girl. I like your spunk. Can I pray for you? Is there anything you want me to pray for? She said, there is. There is. I'm a lonely girl. My husband died. My kids came around a lot at first. And now I'm nobody. I don't like being alone. I said, well, nobody likes being alone. So right there in Walmart with a basket of a couple's six packs of long necks, me and an 82-year-old woman prayed for her loneliness, and I prayed that friends would come her way. He said, well, you shouldn't pray over beer. Oh, yeah, you should. Probably more than we do. <laughs> you, more than we do. You need to take the initiative They'll bless you more than you could ever imagine. About four more aisles over, I saw her again. She's so cool. She's pushing her basket. I'm walking. She does this. Winked at me. <laughs> I just winked back. See, I knew she had that spunk. I, I, you could just see it in her. I like, I wish I knew her 50 years ago. Ooh, I bet she'd attack hell with a water gun. I mean, she's just one of them girls, man. I would have loved to have been around her. All right. Number four. Number four, you got to risk failure because faith, you can, you can mess up, you can, but don't risk, don't go, don't dive. If you, I mean, you got to keep diving. You, you may mess up, okay? Four is this, faith is rebounding from failure. Man, people stuck right there. There's a lot of people stuck right there. Listen to Isaiah 43, 19. Through 21, I'll kind of just give you the footnote here. Behold, I do a new thing. I'll make a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Mm. Somebody needs to hear that. Because somebody in here, they risked it. They took a huge step of faith, and it crashed and burned. And people they love rode with them. And now you're not over it, and you're still not over it, and it's holding you, man, hostage. You, you have moments where you're better, but it's still back there. It's still there. It's a chain. You know it's there. And now you've come to a point in your life where God's asking and requiring you another faith step, and you won't step because you've not rebounded from that failure, and you have identified yourself and put your name as a failure in faith step. And now you won't step again. And you're robbing yourself of one of the greatest joys in the world. Can I set you free today by saying this? You are not a product of a failed faith step. You are a king's kid. And the king says, I'm doing a new thing. And I will absolutely make a road in the wilderness. And I will make a stream in the desert, brother. And you've got to step out there. You say, I don't see it. And I, didn't, I saw it last time and it failed this time. I don't see it. Why would I ever want to step to unseen when what I saw failed me? Because you've got to step out in the unseen and trust the king who says, I'll take what's invisible and make visible so your feet land on solid ground. Somebody in here who's failed needs to step again. Because here's what's going to happen you're going to absolutely release a dam when you step. That levee will break when you step. 
You have no idea what you're holding back. You say, well, I don't think I'm holding back anything. You're going to let your wife go. You may, wife, you may let your husband go. You may let your kids go. You may let a whole lot of things go when you step. But you got to step. Don't hold God hostage for a failed faith step. We've all been there, man. We've all been there. Fifth one is this. Faith is trusting God's timing. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. You have to trust his timing. He said, well, this is not the plan right now, God. See, God, listen to me. I, I put these things together in my life. This had to take place. This is going to take place. This is going to play. Back. And then I'll do this. This doesn't fit. I do this doesn't fit right here. So at 42, I left a pretty cool place. And I came to where they were questioning whether it was still a place. There's not a financial advisor in the world that would have sat down with me at 42 and said, that is a really intelligent decision you're making. <laughs> they would have said, have you lost your mind? Yes, because when you lose your mind, you step in faith. As long as you're in your mind, it's going to lie to you not to do it. Our minds are powerful. God's timing is a beautiful thing. When your foot is asked to move, Realize that God said, move now. If God says, move now, he's prepared the way in the desert. If you move before he says, move, the desert won't be ready. And you being thirsty is not your fault. Or not his fault, sorry. If God says, go, you got to go. You say, well, I don't see it yet. Well, that's faith. That's faith. Last is this, faith is following instructions and obeying God. You got to get this. Faith is following instructions and obeying God. Romans 10, 17 says this, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So without the Bibles and without the word, you're deaf. You can't hear. Well, I hear a lot of stuff. You hearing that? That's what you need to hear. That will echo the Father. It'll echo the Father. You know, an interesting question to ask somebody is, what does the Father say to you? I've had... I've had people on staffs that when I asked them, what is the father saying? They, they, don't, they don't even answer you. They don't know. Dude, <laughs> you don't know? Are you asking? He says, if you ask, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. If you don't know, ask the father. His word will back the father. There's a story of Gideon in the Bible, incredible story. Gideon's about to go fight this incredible army. They've got 185,000 men. Gideon's feeling pretty good about himself at this point. He's got 32,000. 
I don't know why he's feeling good, but he's feeling better there than he was going to in a little bit. God says, Gideon, you got too many people. Got too many. Tell them what we're about to do. If they tremble, you send them home. So he goes out there and he tells them what we're about to do. We're about to go fight a huge army uh, and we've got to take them down. There's 185,000 of them. It says that they were so thick in the valley that it looked like locusts. They said they had more camels than grains of sand. Huge army. He says, you got too many men at 32,000. Tell them what we're about to fight. And if they tremble, you send them home. So he told them what we're about to do. And 22,000 of them trembled and went home. Well, now you're 185,000 against 10,000. And God says, oh, I got good news. You got too many men. <laughs> okay, when's the good news get here? Got too many men. Why don't you take them down by the water? And if they drink the water like a bunch of dogs, they're not my guys. But if they take it with their hand, bring it to their mouth, those are my men. Only 300 of them brought the water up with their hand to their mouth. Rather, it looked like a dog. He says, send the dogs home. Don't want them. Got 300 men. About to go fight 185,000. So Gideon's about to go. He goes, he's making his way down. And they hear this guy has a dream. So Gideon walks up and the interpretation of the dream is coming. So he listens. The dream is that there's a barley loaf of bread, rolls down a mountain and crashes into a large camp and wipes them out. And Gideon says, uh-oh, that's us. That's us. That's the word from the Lord. We're about to go attack. So he goes back to the 300 men. He says, boys, we're about to get some grenades and some tanks. We're going in. So here's what he tells them to grab. I need you to get some jars and some torches inside the jar and grab a sword. Oh, that's just real encouraging. With 185,000 people, I mean 185,000 army, and you want me to have a jar and, and a torch and, and a sword. Yep, you do everything I command you to do. You follow my instructions. You do everything I say. You step out in faith, you believe, you do everything I say, and you go. So they start going down. Gideon says, when I get there, he split them in a hundreds. Got a hundred, a hundred, and a hundred. All right? And Gideon's in the first hundred. When he get there, he says, I'm going to blow my trumpet. When you hear me blow my trumpet, and these first hundred blow the trumpet, I want you to bust a jar. Great. Now one of the weapons that you gave is just pointless. When you bust a jar, take the torch in your left hand and take the sword in your right hand. And you simply say, a sword for Gideon. No, a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. So he goes down there and he blows a trumpet and they blow their trumpets and they break their jars and they take the torches and they say, a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. A sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. And all that army, that whole huge army, turn on themselves and use their swords, and they start killing each other. And then he says, advance and wipe them out. So he advances and wipes them out. He said, well, that's the craziest story I've ever heard in my life. It's in the Bible. Read it. Judges chapter 7. All right? Here's the deal. Faith is flat crazy. Faith is just flat crazy. And when you try to explain it to somebody, they won't get it. 
But listen to this statement. God will, God will test the temperature of my faith by the thermometer of my obedience. He'll test my faith. I promise you he's testing your faith. And he's going to do it with a thermometer of your obedience. See, if he tells you to step, will you step? Or do you want to know it all? It's not faith. Does it have to make sense to you or just to the Father? You see, that doesn't make sense. You get 32,000 down to 22,000 down to 300. You give them a jar and a torch and a sword, and you tell them to break the jar, hold the torch, say the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon, and you're gonna, you're, we're going to win? Yeah, we're going to win because you got to follow the instructions and do it out of obedience. There's an instruction right here. And listen to me. It's going to require faith if you're going to live a bold life. For some of you in here, you're handcuffed by failure. You failed one time on a face step, and you said, I'm never doing that again. Never. You're cheating yourself out of a victory, and you're holding the dam back from a lot of family members. Okay? Some of you need to absolutely understand something. Faith's going to be required. Absolutely. You've got to believe God and trust God. It's not a question of whether you believe God. The question is whether you trust God. See, you don't go with Gideon's army if you don't, number one, believe God and trust God because that made no sense. But faith sometimes doesn't make any sense, okay? Sometimes it doesn't make sense. So today, here's a question. What's faith look like for you? What's faith look like for you? And are you stepping out in faith? Are you? You say, well, I'll step if I can see it. Nope, it's not faith. Faith is stepping, and then the God takes and makes visible what is unseen. Let me pray with you. Father, today, as we move to a time of ministry, God, we have people standing here. Father, I just want to pray over this crowd. Father, I, I just believe there are some people in here that absolutely need their faith stretched. God, they need to believe God and trust God. God, you're asking them to step, and they're scared to step. But God, we know that fear does not come from you. So God, I pray for anyone, anybody who wants to live a confident life for the king, but their faith is weak. We're going to stand in just a little bit. And maybe you need to take a faith step and say, hey, this is my church home. You're welcome to come. Maybe you need to take a faith step that says, I, 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 I know God's calling me to bigger I know God's doing something. I know God's got me doing something bigger than I can even think or imagine. I've seen it, but I've yet to step out in it. God wants me to be bigger at home. God wants me to be bigger at work. God wants me to be more bold here or there. I need to take a faith step, but I'm scared. I need somebody to pray with me. You come, we'll pray over you. Maybe you said come to the altar, just between you and God. But I know this. I know this for sure. We've met in the presence of the Lord and his Holy Spirit has spoken. And because of that, we need to move. Father, this morning, 
You got your church where you want your church to be. You've spoken and sung over your church. God, I pray that we would move now and say yes to whatever you're saying to us. God, we may be facing a, a Gideon kind of deal that we have the faith of Gideon. We need a step, but there's no step. But you're asking us to step anyway. But we keep telling you we need to see the step first. God, I pray that ends today. And by your spirit, and only by your spirit, we'd be obedient to that. So Father, today, move us for your glory and your glory only in Christ's name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from The Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using The Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 